Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. J.J. Watt with a three-time defensive player of the year. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Does your brother deserve his first? What do you think? Throws the pass and batted down by T.J. Watt. On that table. Deserved it last year. He's going to get it this year. Earlier on the show, Steelers defensive tackle Cam Hayward. Coming up, Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Dungy. Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard. Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. So much to get to. TJ's big-ass grab bag later on. Uh, we hope to sneak in <laughs> sneaky good games, and there's so much to do. We uh, we were talking last hour to Cameron Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Informed him he made the first team All-Pro. That hey. was pretty cool. He was driving home from practice. The Chiefs are getting set to take on the Steelers. Looks like Clyde edwards Elair is trending towards missing this game. He was not seen in the media portion of practice. Neither was Frank Clark. The Chiefs are speaking in about an hour's time to, uh, to update us on all of those conditions. Mike Del Tufo on the weather conditions. That's still to come on this program. Yes. Dallas Goddard in about 19 minutes time of the Philadelphia Eagles. Their surprise playoff appearance this year. They're taking on the defending Super Bowl champion Bucks, who got Levante da- David back on the practice field today. We'll see if he makes it out there. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We have a bit of housekeeping. All year long, we decided to give away $1,000 in NIL money. Name, image, likeness money that you're now allowed to bestow upon collegiate athletes in the United States of America. Thanks to our friends at Gorilla Glue, a sponsorship born out of Chris Brockman last summer, calling me on the phone saying, hey, this NIL stuff is now official. How about we start giving away some money to punters? That was the initial idea. And then we decided to expand the idea. Let's give it out to players who aren't expecting it. They near their heads on a swivel, maybe from small schools. Then we found out even at some large schools, some guys don't really have a lot of NIL deals out there. And we decided let's kind of make it one big whole conglomerate of all of that and these guys got to ball out too they got to ball out and be the glue guy gorilla glue toughest job on planet earth is what they're all about so the toughest player on planet earth we were trying to identify him week to week to week 
And the first one we identified was Jordan Davis of Georgia. Remember that mm-hmm. opener that Georgia right. had? That's right. All right. Kind of forget who they played all the way back in the day. <laughs> but our first winner was uh, they beat Clemson. Remember that? That opener against Clemson? And they just spanked the Clemson Bulldogs. I mean, the Clemson Tigers, right? The Bulldogs just spanked them. And then they started on that incredible run. So it's kind of fitting that our final toughest player on planet Earth coming off of the final game in which Georgia beat Alabama is another Georgia Bulldog. I've been talking about him. I said I want him on the Jets. I love the way that he plays. He flies to the ball. His helmet is everywhere. He's N'Kobe Dean, who in the national championship game, four tackles, pass breakup, and he's everywhere. It just doesn't show up on the stat sheet. His leadership, it just oozes out of him. He flies to every single ball carrier. He led Georgia in tackles for loss, finished second on the team with six sacks. He was the first team all SEC, SEC defensive player of the year by Pro Football Focus. They know all of the all of the metrics. Finalist for the Chuck Bednarik Award, Lot Impact Trophy. He is all that and a biscuit, and he's a terrific student on top of it. And is he on the phone line, Christopher? Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for not only the national champion Bulldog, not only the Butkus Award winner for 2021 Bulldog, but in all honesty, because this is the Rich Eisen show and there's an I in Rich and Eisen, (laughs) most importantly, the final toughest player on planet Earth from Gorilla Glue Award winner of the year, N'Kobe Dean. How are you, N'Kobe Dean? Doing well. Yeah. How is everything in your world? Seriously, tell me what the last few days have been like for you. Uh, it's kind of been uh, kind of been surreal, you know. Um, you know, saying that you was gonna, I was gonna come here and do something special, and actually being able to get it done. You know, it's kind of been a feeling of uh, euphoria. It's still, still, still haven't kind of always hit me yet. So um, let's let's walk through this here, um, starting with your with your journey. Is it true Alabama offered you and you chose Georgia over Alabama and you're from Mississippi, Ole Miss as well? Is that a true yes, story? Yes, it is true. Okay. Yeah, I had an offer from probably every SEC school, but yeah, it's definitely true. Okay, so what, what attracted you to Georgia, certainly over Alabama? What happened there? Well, you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of prayed to God about it. You know, I prayed, like, when I was trying to, when I was in the, the clutch time of making my decision, I prayed to God about it and, um, for some reason, Georgia just felt like my gut feeling, you know. And it's funny because a little, little known fact: when I came on my visit to Georgia, I didn't really like the football and stuff was great. Everything from the football to the academics was great, but I didn't, I didn't really enjoy myself. So, but a part of me, and my a part of me in my mind, my psyche was like, well, maybe you didn't enjoy yourself of going out much. Um, yeah, you'll be focused when you get here. So. So uh, that's kind of how I looked at it at first. Um, and when I got here, of course, I learned to enjoy Athens, and I love Athens, and mm-hmm. I love uh, University of Georgia. Yeah. So when you went, what do you mean you didn't have a good time there? Like you just there was no. Uh, yeah, I just no scene. Yeah, I just, it was just like I didn't see my uh, at that point in high school coming mm-hmm. here. I just didn't see myself uh, enjoying okay. going out, being out or. You know, so I feel like if I came here, I have to like uh, venture out and become more 
uh, become more outspoken. So uh, it was kind of. It was it, it kind of played along with my growth and mature mm. like maturity level. Well, so that's, that's another reason why I chose here. Well, you certainly have grown, and not just as a football player. Um, you are in mechanical engineering. Is that your degree that you're you're earning from Georgia? Yeah, yes, sir, I, I am. Okay, what? Why? Why that? What? What? Uh, what attracted you to that? Uh, See, I always wanted. I just knew I wanted to do something like to help people. But mm-hmm. growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor. Okay. I wanted to be a doctor. That was kind of like my main thing, but uh, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do it going through like biology because I was always interested in science and uh, math and numbers. So, so, so I didn't want to do it doing biology. So I was like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do it uh, with. I'm gonna do a mechanical engineering like a pre med track. Mm-hmm. I kind of got the chemistry, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't like. Um, I don't like chemistry uh, as much, mm-hmm. so I kind of just uh, dropped the pre-med track and just uh, focused uh, directly on uh, mechanical engineering. You know, I wanted to, um, I got like uh, ideas to want to like build like prosthetics and stuff, so something like that. Okay, so um, and is it true you got a four O? You you're, you got the four O GPA, Nicole? <laughs> well, no, it's not 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 necessarily true. I had okay. a four O. All the way through my my years of high school and everything, but no, I got here and it was hard. But I got like a three five. Okay. okay. <laughs> Come on. All right. I just found it funny, Nicole Dean, that you know that you you you're uh, you're you're into engineering when it sure looks like it's like taking things apart. I'll be honest with you. You know, just from where I'm sitting, um, where does this motor come from for you, Nicole? I feel like it's it's my want to, you know, it's um how much I want, like I I want to be out there and I wanna and I wanna play the game. And it, I feel like it is a certain way to play the game, you know. Um, that's just going all, you know, balls to the wall every time, you know. And I feel like it starts in the off season, get yourself ready to be able to uh, play like that. So. That's the big thing. Okay, uh, and uh, and in terms of your your defense um, this year, when did you realize it could be as special as it was going to be? Right from jump, where where when was that, Nicobe? It was more so right like in the, in the off season. You know, uh, when I first got back, uh, well, after the season, I had to, I had to get my uh, shoulder surgery, so I was kind of out. I had kind of set for the spring. But um, just seeing the work the guys were putting in and the work we were all putting in from a uh, from not only a physical standpoint but from a mental and a personable standpoint, um, getting to know each other better, connection and everything, it was like, yeah, we can do something special. And I felt like I I I kind of was uh, putting in position to I had to step up as far as being a leader. I always I already felt like I was a leader, but I felt like I could uh, take the next step. And uh, being a leader and leading this team and leading the defense, so that was my biggest thing. So during the off season, just seeing the way we worked and the way the coaches were locked in, they were just locked in as us, and seeing the team shift to a, a player-led team, other than like the coaches trying to lead and coaches got to push us, it shift to a player-led team. That's when I knew this team would be special. The Kobe Dean, toughest player on planet Earth, final Gorilla Glue Award winner of the year right here on the Rich Eisen Show. A few more minutes left with the national champion. So let's talk about the journey here as well. Do you think you would have gone to where you went eventually and won it all 
if you had not lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game, was that a necessary part of your journey, do you think, Nicobe Dean? Yeah, I mean, you know, the world may never know. But but that loss, I say that loss to um, – that lost in the SEC championship kind of woke us up, you know. Uh, it can like uh, Jordan Davis like to say it was smelling sauce, you know. It woke you up. It was like, um, yeah, we not invincible. We uh, we can't be beat. So um, I wouldn't. I don't want to say it, but I kind of felt like before that game, we was kind of like, yeah, we gonna beat them. We were so confident that compl- a little bit of complacency set in. We thought that everything was gonna take care of itself, and that we just didn't have to go out and do it. So. Then I feel like after that loss, it was like, I ain't no like we we can't get complacent. Like the, the the thing that we've been working towards all year, all off season, can be t- can be taken from us uh, at any point of time in the game. So we we after that we just looked at everything like a one game season and to get the job done. So just not being not becoming complacent and continue to work. You know, like I like to say, hard work works. Well, you know, and I, I think, you know, uh, I, I really just love watching you play and how fast you fly to the football. And, you know, you got in the face of one of your teammates during the national championship game when it appeared like he, he was kind of picking you off from trying to make the your play. And, and his response, your teammate's response, was kind of like to understand, you know, where you were coming from. Like, you're clearly the leader in the heartbeat right in the middle of this defense, and it's a testament to my professionalism that I'm happy to give you this award, Nicobe, because I don't know if you're aware, I'm a University of Michigan Wolverine fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he did not know that. <laughs> he did not know that. <laughs> and uh, you made my New Year's Eve miserable. Miserable, Nicobe. Man, I, yeah, I didn't know that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be honest, I was wondering how many number 17s do they have? And then I realized there was only one. It was just you. <laughs> you know? Is there five of them? That's what I honestly thought. So, yeah. uh, were you like sitting there in the meeting room leading up to the Orange Bowl saying, we got these guys? Because it sure felt like I was I was watching that game. Uh, you could be man, honest. Well, you know, I'm, be honest. You can I'm, be honest. I'm confident any every game. So I'm telling. I'm always telling the guys that we got uh-huh. this, this our game. But we got to go out to and perform. And we kind of feel disrespected. It was a uh, for some reason I don't know. Like um, like we I never felt like we had like any like like beef with Michigan so to speak. But like the fans was like crazy. Like they was like as soon as they found out that we was playing them, they was DM me every day under my comments. Like what? crazy. It was just like everybody on our team. So it was like What? Are you yeah, serious? Was, Michigan I, I fans were I was like, What is going on? Like it, well, was, it was crazy. But we, we was kinda we we was mad 'cause um like everybody wasn't, you know, kinda people were saying that we was uh we was undeserving of uh of like the spot we had, cause we, cause the way we lost in Alabama, we was uh, overrated and everything like that. So we came out, we we did play a little uh, pissed off, and and they chip on our shoulder only, we only got bigger. 
Yeah, I, I don't know who was DMing you uh, to say that that we had you. Uh, no, that was not. <laughs> that would be the time to apologize, I Rich. No. Yes, go ahead, no. apologize, Nicobe. Nicobe can look in. You can look in your DMs. You know that wasn't me. I would never do something like that. Burner account, Nicobe. No, you, you, your fans hadn't won in forty years, and you saw the outpouring of love. Like this was huge for us. We beat Ohio State and all that business, and so. Yep. Yeah, I no. understand that. I can't. I'm not. I'm not following the fans at all. Okay, very good. So, uh, who who is the last couple for you, Nicole Dean? Do you know who's the one who handed you the Alabama championship hat after the game? No. Have you found that? I, do, I do not know actually. So, um, I, I they they found the video of my reaction and everything. It's great. The video of the person giving me the hat. <laughs> Your reaction when you saw the hat was just like. You know, what is this about? Like, you saw that. Yeah, and I was thinking to myself, I just did a whole interview with the Alabama hat on. (laughs) Logo to the camera. It was like, what? (laughs) But, like, but, you know, I kind of, I ran with it, though. I I kept, like, I I didn't care. I just wanted the hat, uh, no matter what. I mean, of course I wanted to say Georgia on it, but. Of course, you need the G. Alabama hat, make one nice souvenir. Okay, uh, and then Stetson Bennett, the fourth. What, what, what did it mean for you to see him play like that? You know, he was crying. You know his story. You had a front row seat for the whole thing. So, uh, you know, it meant a lot. It meant a lot just being able to play with him and uh, call him my brother. You know, just seeing the way he worked, he inspired. Uh, I know he inspired me to keep going no matter what. How no so? What the adversity is. So, how did he inspire you? What do you mean? He's just his, he's just his whole story, his whole story, the way he worked, the way he he don't complain, he just comes in and works and uh, handle his business and uh, do his job. So just just seeing somebody like that, you know, leading by example, you know, um, you know, inspires me. No matter where I go, no matter how hard it gets, just continue to work, continue to trust yourself and believe in yourself and don't doubt yourself, and you know, continue to work. You know, so it was just special being able to see him uh, prove a lot of doubts wrong. Well, Nicobe Dean, you, you've won a lot. You've got uh, the national championship. You're part of a, a, a historic team, uh, the Butkus Award, um, and and so many accolades. But now, I have to be honest with you, this is the biggest. You are the toughest player on planet Earth uh, from Gorilla Glue, from all of us here at the Rich Eisen Show. In case you're wondering, it's a $1,000 check and free glue product. And then, of course all of the trimmings of walking around campus as such just ask jordan davis he was the first one yeah i remember that okay so all right now you are such and uh i will ask do you need what what needs fixing in your world what can the glue or the tape or the products from gorilla glue help you with nicobe dean what do you got anything man everything you you ask me i'm uh it's like uh i'm I'm back to square one you know it's a new uh Seize no wit. Okay. Time to uh, let your body rest and rebuild. So okay. I'm, I'm working on everything. So they do need to help me put together oh. every single thing. Okay. Uh, am I going to, and I'll just throw this one out there, answer how you wish. Am I going to see you at the uh, NFL scouting combine in a couple of weeks in Indianapolis? Nicole, Time will you? tell. Time, Time will tell. Time will tell. Okay. But you're focused on Sundays at some point, right? Yeah, Who's your guy? Who do you want to come to the NFL and emulate? Who do you got? Uh, just be the best version of myself. Of course. 
But who's I feel like if I can uh, if I can work and I can be the best version of myself, you know, everything uh, would turn out well. Well, okay. I'll be honest with you. I'm a Jet fan, too. I think you'd look incredible in green, Kobe. I've said this before. <laughs> I'll say it again. Uh, very, very excited to see what you can do at the next level. And uh, I hope to hear on that subject very soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. Chris, do you want to ask a question? Is this Sarah Tiana, another Georgia Bulldog fan, would want to know something from Nicobe? No, she's think? just excited that Nicobe follows her back on Twitter. Oh, you did? did are you, you you know that, right, Nicobe? <laughs> comedian Sarah Tiana? Do you know every single one that you follow on Twitter? No, I do not know everybody with that. <laughs> <laughs> She would want me to thank you, Nicobe, for providing her probably the greatest fall of her life. (laughs) No problem. Well, she's a Braves fan, too. I'm sure you know a lot of those Georgia Bulldog fans who uh, root for the Atlanta Braves. What an incredible. Oh, my gosh. I thought the A on the hat was for (laughs) Evan. That's funny. Oh, my gosh. That is funny. Oh, man. Hey, Nicobe Dean, congratulations on being the toughest player on planet Earth. We think you are a perfect embodiment of what the award is all about, more than just football, being that glue guy and winning the national championship. Thanks for the time. All right. Thank you. You got it. At Nicobe Dean on Twitter. On the Rich Eisen Show. This award, as it has been all season long, is brought to you by Gorilla Glue, makers of high-quality adhesives and tapes, much like the players that this award has recognized. Gorilla brings toughness and strength to even the most difficult household projects and repairs. Gorilla Glue for the toughest jobs on planet Earth. Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles getting set to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whose coach just announced who's playing and who's not or expected to. That news in Dallas coming up next. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The Sunday doubleheader back on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. I don't believe I've ever uh, gotten the chance to meet uh, our next guest, Chosen, out of South Dakota State. 
Second round of the 2018 NFL Draft, now getting set to lead the Eagles in that run defense, run offense and Jalen Hurts in that passing offense into the spot where the defending world champs will begin their title defense in a win-or-go-home game. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, Philadelphia Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard. How are you, Dallas? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing fine. So um, walk me through how the Eagles are feeling right now. Um as the seventh seed going into the spot where the defending world champs reside, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, uh, we feel we feel really good. Um, you know, early in the season, uh, uh, we were kind of road warriors. We're getting all our wins on the road. So uh, to be in the playoffs, to go and play the defending champions, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity for uh, the young team we have. And we're really excited, looking forward to it. And ready to go down there and play a great game of football. How is this team different from that week one team that did go on the road, won a game in Atlanta? I mean, how is that, how is this team different from that one, Dallas Goddard? Um, you know, since week one, uh, just as a team, offense, defense, special teams, we've just grown so much. Um, we found our identity, and uh, we really embraced it. Um, you know, we, we started running the rock really effectively, offensively, and uh, we've been able to get play action, some shots down the field like that. And then, you know, our running game has just been taking off so much. And uh, Jalen back there uh, being the explosive quarterback that he is, you know, it's just been a lot of fun. And we've just been able to continue to grow, uh, get better each week, but grow as a, you know, a team. And uh, we're really close. We have a lot of fun. And uh, we're looking to show that on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, so much has been made, Dallas, about the Eagles um, losing touch with their run game and then dedicating all of a sudden to just focusing explicitly, as it seemed, on that. Um, was there a moment where you go into a meeting room and it's just like, okay, this is what we're going to do, and then all of a sudden it was radically different than a couple of weeks before? Was there a moment like that? Dallas? There wasn't ever a really moment like that uh, in a meeting room or anything like that. Um, but when we did go play Detroit, um, we were able to run the ball really effectively against them, against them. And then from there on out, the rest of the season, it kind of seemed like that was more of a focus. It was nothing that was ever said. Um, mm. But it was something that you could see in the game plan that it started to develop more and push towards that. Uh, bigger people on the field, more tight ends, um, more max protection on our passes and stuff. Um, so it was just kind of one thing that I feel like when we figured out our identity and we as a team embraced the run game, the physicalityness of it and all that, and I think it was just uh, it was working so well you just can't go away from it. And what was it like at that point in time when Z uh, Zach Ertz did get dealt and now it was you? pretty much the one for sure 100 percent it's your position and your relationship with him and that moment in time right around the trade deadline this year dallas goddard what was that about yeah for me um it was really exciting um being with him for my first three years and the start of this season um you know i was able to learn a lot from him me and him have a great relationship and you know like i said i learned a lot from him but when uh the trade happened talking to howie uh, it was really exciting for me, obviously, um, a very big step in my career to be the guy and, you know, the faith that the organization had in me to uh, deal Zach, um, you know, just showed me how much they respect me and think of me. So um, from then on out, you know, I was just going to work every day, uh, showing them that they made the right decision. And your quarterback, Jalen Hurts, how has he grown in the role, Dallas? Uh, you know, he, he's made tremendous steps this year. Um, just what he can do in the pocket, 
throwing. Um, obviously, you can't ever take away the things he does uh, with his feet, running the ball. He's an incredible, you know, uh, making plays, scrambling. Uh, but he's just grown so much, being able to stay in the pocket, step up, keep his eyes downfield. And, you know, my biggest thing for him is he's a winner. He's going to do anything he can uh, to win games. And, you know, uh, he's got the ability to do a lot of things. And uh, he's definitely a big part of the reason that we are where we are. And uh, walk me through a, a huddle with him, game online, what he's like. Uh, game on the line, you know, it, it doesn't change. It doesn't matter if we're up 30, down 30. Uh, he's cool, calm, collected, composed. He's in there. He calls a play, and he's like, you know, he he's just so confident in himself and the people around him that, you know, it, it, he never skips a beat. He never gets too high, too low. He's just the steady Jalen Hurts at all moments. And, you know, that's pretty awesome. And to play with a guy like that, uh, it just helps the whole team stay composed no matter what's happening. Yeah, even, I guess, when stands fall down, right? Like, I saw that one. Like, it didn't face Yeah, it doesn't him. matter what happens. He makes plays. <laughs> I saw that. You know, the railing comes apart. The fans come spilling out there. And he, it, it, it looked like he was expecting it. It's kind of crazy. He really has no... Yeah. He has no reaction to that sort of thing. Dallas Goddard here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. In terms, we talked about so much of growth, uh, so I should ask you, have you watered and fertilized today, <laughs> Dallas Goddard? Oh, yeah. You have? Yeah, we definitely, we definitely got a lot of watering in today, fertilizing. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Get better each and every day. Uh-huh. And, you know, practice today. It, it looked good. It was crisp. And, uh, you know, I think the whole team's ready to go. So we're definitely uh, going to be watered up and fertilized. <laughs> I really enjoyed that speech from uh, from Coach Nick Sirianni. Was that was that the best one he's given this year? The water and fertilizing? Because you, you, by the way, I don't know if you were aware, you you went seven and two after the water and fertilizing. After all that, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, Coach Sirianni's had a lot of uh, a great stories to tell us, and mm-hmm. you know, every time he comes into a team meeting, it feels like the message he's prote- portraying uh, just fits so much with what we're doing, what we're trying to do. But, yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite ones that he said all year. Um, the best part about it is how the media took it and spun it and, you know, kind of made him look stupid at the moment. And then, you know, looking back at it, like you said, we went 7-2 and two after that. Mm-hmm. You know, the message was really we're doing a lot of good things. The results aren't showing. Uh, we're not getting the wins yet. But, you know, trust the process that we have. Double down on our process and the results will come. We'll, we'll get there to where we want to be. And, you know, it just – spoken into fruition here we are and uh first round of the playoffs ready to go yeah man i mean it looks like you are buying what he's selling the the fertilizer or water that he's selling it looks like the whole team's buying it you know yeah everybody's everybody's taking a drink and put and sprinkling a little on so we can keep growing <laughs> i love it let's talk about you a little bit here um growing up you you're from north dakota right that's where you're from originally uh, or you're born I, in north dakota or my first three years was in north dakota but uh the rest of the time i went to school in south dakota okay so uh how much you know what was your team is that is that broncos country is that is it vikings country what is what is the country of the dakotas for the nfl yeah, fandom it's, it's probably where i'm at the mostly uh minnesota fans okay um i grew up a packers fan though okay. i was one of the kids that like to argue and bet against people so uh, everybody was a vikings fan so i took the packers and you know, when that I was younger, out. that was definitely the right decision. Yes, yeah, about that worked out for you, I'd imagine. Yeah, you know, I got to see great quarterbacks for a while, and um, you know, it was more fun than being a Vikings fan. That's for sure. Okay, so uh, were you always a tight end? Like, where? How did you get to that position in the Dakotas? Yeah, so yeah. in high school, I kind of played everything. 
Um, you know, I play quarterback a little bit, running back, wide receiver, uh, defense. You played safety, linebacker, defensive end, kind of everything. Um, you know, from nine to twelve, I think we only had seventeen players out, so you just kind of had to play Damn. whatever. But um, when I got recruited, everybody recruited me as a tight end, even though I never really played tight end. Um, it was just uh, the coaches told me that I had the body type for it, and you know, they kind of sold me on it, and I believed them, and you know, kind of bought into being a tight end, and it worked out. So it was when Wentz was there, was there a Dakota's battle within the within the huddle at any point? Or, like, what is that like? Is there, is there yeah, a rivalry? Yeah, uh, when he was here, it was cool to have, you know, somebody that played in the FCS uh, so close to me. And we definitely, we, we bet every time they played. Uh, it was tough because I think when he was here, they won every time, and then uh, <laughs> right. last year we finally beat them a couple times, but we didn't make the bet because he was in Indianapolis. Oh. We, had, we had a lot of good bets, and uh, we got to watch a couple games together, so that was fun. Okay, were your folks Cowboys fans? How, how come you were named Dallas? Yeah, my uh, my dad was a big Cowboys fan. He mm. he, he used to love them. Uh, I got him converted to an Eagles fan. It was tough, but, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a big Dallas fan. Uh, named me after the team, wanted me to be a Cowboys fan, but uh, I couldn't do that. Well, now we all see the irony, right, that you're now an Eagle in the division named Dallas, and it is your mission every year to beat Dallas as many times as you possibly can, right? I mean, there is an irony here, right? Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's it quickly uh, became one of my favorite rivalries that I've had, you know, uh, here in the Dallas sucks chance. Uh, things like that. It, it's just pretty cool knowing that that's my name. Uh, you know, they're not booing you or whatever. But uh, just having that name and as big of the rivalry it is, it's definitely a, a cool thing. Okay. And in order you to, to make this game, obviously you'd already made the playoffs, but beating, you know, you played a, <clears throat> Dallas in the final game, and that was kind of just a, you know, obviously your team, you, you didn't have a, a lot of um, – Starters out there now. Now the rubber's meeting the road now. Okay, so um, what do you say to those who say you have no chance to go down there and beat the defending world champs with Tom Brady in his building where he won the Super Bowl last year, Dallas Goddard? Um, you know, I think we got a lot of belief uh, in this building. Uh, we're not too worried about what everybody else thinks, but uh, you know, we're putting all our money on ourselves. I think, you know, just what we can do, uh, the different people we have offensively, if we can run the ball the way we've been running and uh, just wear uh, the Buccaneers out, I think we'll be in good shape. Uh, you know, if we can get ahead and let the, let our good pass rush get after Tom Brady, uh, hopefully, you know, we can get a couple turnovers and uh, anytime that happens, you can win the turnover battle, uh, you can win the game. You know, because the last time there was a big uh, run for the Eagles in the playoffs, there were those dog masks, right? Like, they, because everyone would consider you were underdogs. Is there yeah. any, is any sense like that now? You got something cooked up for this? Um, at you all? know, I, I can't guarantee that the O-line isn't going to do something. You know, with the personalities, Jason Kelsey and Lane, mm -hmm. yep. uh, they always like to embrace whatever the media is saying. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do, but – you know, we're just focused on uh, going down there and uh, playing a good game of football and coming out on top. When is Kelsey talking to the team? When does he usually do that? I saw that speech last week. I saw or two weeks ago when you had a chance to beat the Washington football team. When, when yeah, is it, anytime when is you get to listen to Kelsey talk, it's it's it's, it's a true treat. Um, obviously, uh, his speech after the Super Bowl and then 
Um, I get a few more because a lot of the times the coach does ask. But, you know, he'll he'll probably come up and talk. But before the game, you know, uh, he talked once this week, talking about the details and the little things that win you and lose you playoff games. Um, but, man, anytime he speaks, uh, you can tell it's just the focus and the details that everybody listening to him is pretty incredible just because he is – the amazing person that he is well at least you get to go down to tampa it's not like zero degrees you know what i mean like that's where the game in buffalo if you saw about all that because you're from the dakotas you must know about all play playing football in some freezing weather you know yeah i played in a few a uh, few games and like you said i'd, I'd, I'd much rather go to tampa and play okay. in warm weather than cold what do you consider football weather what you're playing in this weekend or the or the freezing weather what's football weather the dallas goddard what is it? Uh, ideal football weather is probably yes. like between 50 and 60. Okay. You know, not too hot, but not too cold. Uh, right. You know, when it gets cold, it's, it's definitely a mindset. And whatever team wants to win, whatever team wants to be the physical team has the advantage. Um, but when it's nice out, you know, you can just go run around, not get tired uh, if it's not too hot and just play your best football. Did you hear the conversation that Bart Scott started about what you do when it's cold to stay warm? Did you hear about that one yesterday, Dallas? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, uh, I wow, I, oh, this is geez. incredible that I get to inform you. Uh, he says to pop the blue pill, uh, <laughs> Viagra helps, he says, to keep the body warm. Oh, it gets the blood flowing, huh? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Hey, I, you know? I can see it working. I don't know. It might be dangerous to do before a game with a drug test, but <laughs> that's what we were hearing yeah. too. You know, and then after four hours, you got to consult your doctor. So, <laughs> you know, that might be a problem. <laughs> you know, during a game. So that's that's what do you do to stay warm during a game? Then, if not that, like what 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 would you counsel those playing in that game? Someone from the Dakotas. Well, Dallas. you know, it, it's a lot easier to stay warm in the NFL than it was at. Uh, the FCS level or in high school, uh, you know, here you get to have heated benches. You yep. have a bunch of sideline heaters yep. and stuff. Um, and then when you're on the field, you know, most of the time your adrenaline's going so much, you yeah. really only get cold on the sideline. But yeah. like I said, in the NFL with the heated benches, the uh, big jet heaters or whatever they are, uh, you just kind of stay warm and use your adrenaline. You mean in the FCS they didn't bring the you didn't bring your own benches on the road like everybody <laughs> in the NFC East is apparently doing now? You know that doesn't happen. No, not at all. And we would have it uh, where it had to be equal in the playoffs uh, at the FCS level in the playoffs. Each team had to have the same stuff on the sideline. But for some reason, every time we went on a road game, mm. uh, the heaters on our side didn't work you know so. yeah they didn't have the batteries they didn't have the new batteries in there i guess huh they forgot a little bit of stuff okay. have a great time been way smarter to bring our own <laughs> <laughs> have a great time in the playoffs dallas goddard let's talk again really appreciate it appreciate it right back at you that's dallas goddard everybody at goddard follow him on uh, twitter go for it that's funny that was funny. Yeah, he's I good. Like him. Had him in fantasy this year. He's oh, monster. he's good. He's a monster. Oh, no, I, I picked yeah, him up too, he's man. He's a monster. He's been terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Let's take a break. Phone calls. TJ's big ass grab bag. Yes. Cooper Cup still to come. Tony Dungy still to come. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be fun. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Hey, you wanted this year's celebrations to be perfect right around the first of the year and the holidays and the perfect gifts for the whole family, the perfect meal for everyone gathered around the table. But as we all know, holidays can be expensive. Navy Federal Credit Union helps you take control of your finances after the holidays. You can get a low intro APR on their platinum credit card. It's their lowest rate card, and it's a great tool to pay down debt. Beyond the holidays, Navy Federal even has multiple savings and investing options to help you get closer to your financial goals. They offer digital tools and educational resources to help guide your decisions. With Navy Federal, you can automate your saving and investing to put your money to work for you even as you sleep. Plus, you can buy fractional shares. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our our members are the mission. Message and data rates may apply. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment options are available through Navy Federal Investment Services and are not insured by NCUA. Navy Federal Credit Union. Here on the Rich Eisen Show, T.J. Jefferson has put on his three-eyed raven glasses. Let's get to this Friday segment before Cooper Cup and Tony Dungy join us. Also still to come, Mike Del Tufo's weather report, Chris Brockman's sneaky good games, and we might be able to sneak in a little bit more fun, certainly your phone calls. Time for Friday's TJ's Top 5, a.k.a. TJ's Big Ass Grab Bag, ladies and gentlemen. DJ Mikey D, there you go. All right, kaboom. <laughs> Guess who stepped in the room? TJ here. Listen, yesterday Chris Brockman was talking about the Steelers and the Chiefs and how he thinks the Chiefs are just going to destroy the Steelers. Yes. And then Rich brought up a bunch of what ifs, like what if this happens? What if that happens? And what if was also a title of a Marvel comic. It was one of my favorite comics from Marvel. And oh, it gives you, you have a, a, bunch of, a bunch of scenarios. Like what if uh, Hulk had killed Wolverine or what if the Fantastic Four had all had the Look same power? What if Doctor Doom was a hero? Oh, you know, I, I, I love one. What If, and it got me thinking about sports What Ifs, guys. There's hundreds upon hundreds of sports What Ifs that I could have put in here, but of course, I only have a short amount of time, so I gave you five. Right? This is going to be TJ's top five sports What Ifs. All right. All right. Now, coming in at number five, a lot of people might not realize this. Back in 1992, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Atlanta Braves they struck a deal for the 1990 MVP, Barry Bonds. Okay, Jim Leland, who was the manager of the Pirates, lost his mind. The trade got rescinded, but it it got me to thinking, man, what if that trade would have went through? How would this have changed baseball, especially for the Braves? Because, you know, they went on to lose the World Series that year to Toronto, and then in 93, they won 104 games. They lost to Philly, and then they won the World Series in 95 and lost in 96 to your Yankees, Rich. But if you put Barry Bonds on those Atlanta Braves teams in the early 90s, Yes. That's that's a dynasty right there. You got to figure the Braves are going to win three, four World Series probably. It kind of changes everything. I, I wanted to say what if Barry Bonds didn't leave Pittsburgh, but if you knew anything about his time there, he was gone regardless. But maybe Barry stays in Atlanta if he gets traded. Changes everything. Maybe the Yankee dynasty of the 90s doesn't happen. That's untrue. Because Barry Bonds is with the Braves. You just you never know. And that's just one of my what ifs. Okay. 
Uh, coming in at number four, the tuck rule. <laughs> Very simple. What if the tuck rule wasn't called? Okay. Charles Woodson hits Brady. The ball flies out. Oakland gets the ball. What well, they happens? They would have missed the obvious rule. <laughs> I mean, it would have been an officiating blunder. <laughs> but what happens there? Do the Raiders go on to become a dynasty? Is Tom Brady the GOAT? Is Bill Belichick the gold standard? What happens? Do the Steelers head to the Super Bowl and then add to their collection of rings? Does the greatest show on turf go back to back and really change the game of football? All these things could have happened. But the tuck rule was called, and the Patriots went on to do what they did. Called correctly. And, uh, you know, that's where we're at. But what if? What if it didn't happen? Coming in at number three, I'll make this one super quick. It's just the the pain will never go away for me. And that is, what if he did? But what if Dez caught it? I mean, I've watched this play literally 500 times in my life. I, you can't ever tell me this wasn't a catch. And what would that have done? How would this have changed football? People say that... Aaron Rodgers would have went down and scored again. Maybe not. Who knows? But, you know, the following week, they lost to Seattle. Seattle goes to the Super Bowl. They don't give the ball to Marshawn. Gives your Patriots another Super Bowl, Brockman. Could this have been different if Dez was given that catch? Obviously, we'll never know. But to me, that's just something that, that pain's never going to go away. And that is a huge what if for me. And that's coming in. That's coming in at number three. Um, Number two, basketball. Uh, in 1997, the Boston Celtics had the best odds to win the NBA lottery and land Tim Duncan out of Wake Forest. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, uh, the ping pong balls did not go Boston's way. You ended up with the sixth and the third pick, Brockman. And it came down to the Philadelphia 76ers and the San Antonio Spurs. And as that envelope got opened, I, I can still remember sitting in front of my TV pleading with the basketball gods to not let this be the Sixers. And of course, the envelope at number two got opened and it was the Sixers, which led Tim Duncan to the Spurs. As we know, Duncan, Tim Duncan's gone on to become the greatest power forward of all time, five-time NBA champion. But what if, Brockman, what if Allen Iverson... the Celtics? And, yeah, I know. Well, beyond that, what if Allen <laughs> Iverson and Tim Duncan could have hooked up? How would this have changed everyone's thoughts about Allen? I, I, I'm not saying they would have won five rings, but you got to figure Allen would have got at least a ring with Timmy, right? Like, And so this one hurts a lot because we were so, so close to getting Tim Duncan on the Sixers, and it, it just didn't happen. Um, and number one, my biggest what if in sports, I, this what if changes everything, guys, changes everything that you know about sports. And that is, what if there was no color barrier in sports? Mm. You know, just imagine when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in 47. But what if men of color were allowed to play before that? You know, you just imagine the matchups, all the great Negro League legends being able to play before that. The mm. Josh Gibsons, the Cool Papa Bells, the Joe Smokey Williams, Willie the Devil Wells, Buck Leonard, John Henry Lloyd. And that's just in baseball. And then you get like the Harlem Globetrotters, uh, Earl Lloyd, Chuck Cooper, Sweetwater Clifton, all broke the color barrier in the NBA. But what if they had been allowed to play from the start? I feel like sports obviously would have been different. We'd have been looking at a lot of different records. And we had for as many great memories as you have of these sports before that. Just imagine if all these men were afforded the opportunity to play the sport that they excelled at together. And, you know, that's TJ's top five what ifs. And as always, let me know what you think. And uh, what are some of yours? Great stuff, man. Um, very thought provoking, compelling uh, conclusion to that. Uh, I have some thoughts on the other ones. First of all, uh, thank you for not what if Michigan had a timeout. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm a C. Okay, I appreciate fan, so. that. Um, couple things. Had 
the conversation, there's a 30 for 30 coming up with Brady and Charles Woodson together talking about what Brockman and everyone in New England refers to as the snow game. Snow game. Um, oh, and I, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what they have to say about it, yeah. you know, because, you know, the Raiders were a stout team, man. And that meant that that might have meant that let's just say they make the Super Bowl and not. Then Gruden made the Super Bowl with the Raiders, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to with the Bucks to beat the yeah. Raiders. Um, then what, the conversation would would would, would uh, Bledsoe have gotten his gig back the next year? There's that conversation. I just think Brady is just Brady and that, you know, it would have happened anyway. Yeah, I had that this one and I thought. But the greatest show on turf would have most likely gone back to back, one would think. And then, you know, Vermeer would have been in the Hall of Fame a long time before. Actually, that yeah, they they would Vermeer would have. uh, No, that was Martz anyway, right? Uh, yeah, March. Anyway, yeah, March. No, uh, you know, I, I, I still think that, you know, uh, Brady would have still had his career in the – everyone thinks that the dynasty wouldn't have happened. And then in terms of what if Dez had caught it? First of all, he did catch it. In the same way that the, the rule on the books was the tuck rule, the rule on the books was the way that they interpreted that catch. He did catch it, and it just showed you that, that receivers were just becoming so supremely physically yeah. talented that they could gain – 10 yards a first down in the process of falling down okay there were there would have been 452 to go and the packers would have had the ball yeah but you know, i mean the defense could have stopped aaron Rodgers. anything could have happened but there's it wasn't just like 30 seconds left yeah i realize that but there was a still. there was a third of the quarter still to come but i would have been wild if the catch rule was as it was then as it is today and the same thing with the tuck rule you know, that's, some, the, some that's, that's the one else right there.